Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo number five, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and remember everyone, don't forget to fiddle while Dominaria burns. Squee McGee getting you caught up on the meta traffic with the weatherlight report. Bringing you the beat in the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, he couldn't handle the star power present with us today. Filling in is Jason from EDH Rec, Cool Stuff Inc., Brainstorm Brewery, and MTG Price. I'm surprised you guys could afford me for another half hour. Wow. Stretching the budget pretty <laughs> deep. <Burn. laughs> Thank you for tuning in to your number 12 source of Magic the Gathering news. We are excited to one day be nominated for an Emmy Cruel, one could hope. Woo! Yeah, yeah. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. We got it. It's coming. This is the year. This is our year. We're going to start off the top of the cast with the latest in Carnage that ensued with Games on Sunday with Live in a Dash. I will start this off. I want to talk about how Mana Crypt betrayed me oh, and awesome. killed me. Uh, so I that's recently... That's not a betrayal. That's what Mana Crypt does. <laughs> betrayal! <laughs> it was an absolute betrayal. So uh, once Paradox Engine got banned Jason, I actually decided to turn my Yidra's Maelstrom Wielder deck because, honestly, the way I built it, it didn't doesn't function without you Paradox Engine. Uh, So I turned it into, because I didn't really have a true CEDH deck. I had a lot of tune decks, uh, but, you know, going to Magic Fest and playing against Gitrog monsters and Urzas and things like that, I decided, you know what, I should have one. So when we play with followers and they want to play competitive, I have a competitive deck. So I turned it into a Vile Smasher and Thrasios extra turns, burns type of deck. So, uh, you know, it's not something I'm, I'm kind of playing it here recently in our play group, at least once on Sunday, just so I can kind of get a feel for how the deck is going. Uh, I got towards the end. I had a semi loop going, but that damn mana crypt kept digging me for three while the Nekazar player, uh, formerly known as AA, kept dinging me for the card draw. And so, alas, I died. But I did enjoy playing that game. It wasn't as oppressive as yeah. I thought it was going to be. I think it was definitely plays with the border. It's something to where if you play with a 75% to 90% meta, they're going to recognize you're the threats. And I can kind of fend it off, but it's not something to where it's just combo turn three, I win. Yeah, right. But I think it's a build to where if I actually play in a CEDH pod, I'm not going to be the focus. Everyone's going to be the focus. And I think there I kind of lie under the radar until I can actually kind of hopefully get through my combo. So I enjoyed it. It was fun. But Mana Crypt killed me on the coin toss. Uh, I also was in that game, and I ended up winning it with a $60 ally deck that I literally threw together and is not tuned or anything. But, uh, it may be tuned now. It's go- I've, I kind of felt like it. Um, is it Tazri? Oh, yeah, it is, but there's no. it's not food. It's literally like ally playing budget. ally and getting ally cohort triggers, that sort of stuff. It's not food train or, or food. Well, it's kind of a food train. It's not food chain <laughs> combo or any of that stuff. It's literally just I'm going to play a bunch of allies and hopefully get a bunch of triggers. And again, I don't have like any rares in it. Or like, I don't have it's just it's a deck I tried to do before and uh, I'm just kind of doing it again for funsies. But um, 
Turns out, once you get a few allies out and no one has any board wipes, it's kind of hard to stop. So and, it helps underrated. Yeah. and it helps when the Pier and yeah. Toothy player decide to smack me for nine for no yeah, reason. That was sweet. Uh, it yeah, was, that, it was that, a CEDH yeah. reason. Literally, that's what lost me that game is that nine life. Uh, yeah. Granted, I think Mana Crypt would have killed me eventually, right. anyways. But no, uh, I like I thought allies for a tribe, especially in like the bullshit fifty or sixty dollar build I had, was pretty fun. I yeah. mean, it's like wouldn't it, wouldn't you just say it's just like slivers though, and you don't like sliver tribal? Yeah, but this one's different because at least it feels like more dynamic, and there's like. It's all about enter the battlefield. There's no real way to get like a lock down on it. I don't know. I just felt like it was a little. It felt like it was a little different for a tribe deck. So I'll probably put another twenty dollars in it, and then I'll just be one you, to play you, for fun. You really seem ashamed of this deck. You're you're like the kid that like peed himself at night, and you're like in the corner, you're like, yeah. well, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's just it's like, like when it's... you walk when you walk into your parents' bedroom, you're like, I foo up, <laughs> like that sort of thing. It's just, I have so many decks. It's just like, this is going to be another one where it's like, well, I'm done thinking for the day. So, yeah. And Jason, to kind of give you some context, Big Tuck, how many decks you got? I have 42 sleeved and a 43rd ready to sleeve. (laughs) And I have 29, 31, somewhere in there. But my, like, the total of half of my decks is equal to, like, one of his. So. Not true. Uh, but Jason, have you had any games here recently that are worth mentioning or talking about? Uh, I have decided to go full CEDH with my um, Prosh deck because I was like, Ooh, I have a 75% Prosh deck and like, there's no point. Um, the mana base is bad because it's a lot of cards from the pre-con. I basically sure. just took the pre-con and threw like a, a food chain and a Perforos in it. And like, you can't. You can't make seventy five percent prosh. Uh, it doesn't yeah, matter how no. inconsistent. It's, it's you all make or it. nothing. <laughs> yep. So I, I've just decided to to stop messing around because, like, I've I've just oppressed too many people with how I. Oops, I win <laughs> with the deck, and when I lend it out yeah. to people, I'm like, "This is seventy five percent," and they're like, Ugh, "I perforced everyone. I'm sorry." Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's just there- there's there's no way to make it not too good. Without taking, because there, there's too many just one card you play, and then yeah, all of a sudden Prosh is just a, a a ridiculous value engine. So I finally had my last straw game with it, where it just it was too good, too fast, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna put money into this now. So um, my Maelstrom Wanderer deck's not 75, percent so it's it's good to have another deck that isn't 75. Right. percent and funnily enough, those are two of the first five decks I ever made. So maybe it's oh, just nice. that's the inevitability is like any tinkering you do, yep. you just get away with it and then you build something new 75%. So uh I'm I'm going uh I'm going for it with uh with Prosh and it it feels pretty good. Yeah, you know, that's actually something I've heard a lot of our contemporaries in the content creator community kind of talk about how Commander for the longest time, we constantly, you know, Sheldon and and the rules committee, everyone talks about, you know, rule zero and it's this guideline and it's not competitive. It's fun. It's casual. You know, I know like the, the command cast, they talk about it a lot, but a lot of people that I'm actually hearing, they're just saying like commanders to the point now to where like you have to almost purposely make a deck not great. If you just put the hist- if you just put the historically good cards yeah. in there, you know, if you think about Prosh, well, like, why wouldn't you have food chain in there? That just makes sense right. for what yeah. Prosh does. And it, it, or like, oh, I'm gonna build this white deck. Well, why wouldn't you have land tax? You should just have that. And eventually now there's so many what I would call staple-ish type cards that you get them in there and you kind of have 
at minimum a 75% deck, but a lot of times they're getting up to that tuned right. 8, 9, and 10. Now, when I say 8, 9, and 10 or Jason, I don't consider that CEDH. I think CEDH is kind of its own beast, but I think a very tuned deck is something that is consistent, and I can win by turn 6 to 7, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's just commanders naturally just becoming not casual and i, I don't I think there's agree. a whole that's, lot we can do that's about that's where it. the weatherlight report comes from honestly is trying to create a, a deck that's not super right. competitive mm-hmm. and, and bring something that's cheap and effective and fun to play but yeah i would agree 100 percent that it's becoming pretty competitive depending on how much money you dump into a deck and for better or for worse i think a lot of that is because there's such a huge community like when i first started playing the only time i ever got to see another card is if i went to a card shop and someone sure. happened to be playing it there wasn't scryfall there wasn't edh rec now there's a lot you can do a lot more like research up front when you build a deck as opposed to like buying a pre yeah. and being like, oh, you know, I've had Prosh for a really long time. I remember playing it once and I saw someone play Perforos for the first time. I was like, <laughs> this probably seems pretty good, you know? So um I think now it's just become such a mainstay format, it's harder to get away from being like, well, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. No, totally agree. Uh, well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for 40 Life in a Dash. Now we're going to cover what's going on in your local multiverse with What's the Plane Chase? Today, we actually wanted to talk about some of our favorite mechanics in the game of Magic. Sure, we could have talked about Pioneer, this new format that's probably going to revolutionize competitive play. But none of us yeah. are good at 75 card formats, and we'll probably actually just bash on that in the next MTG Action 4 News. Facts. But while we have Jason on, we thought it'd be great to kind of pick his brain about some of the favorite mechanics in the game of Magic. Because I didn't count, but I feel like there's 80 plus mechanics in yeah. the game of Magic. It's, it's growing every year. And I feel like probably 60 of them got done once, and they were mm-hmm. like, this is garbage, and then they haven't done it again. So I thought this could be a fun, cool way for us all to talk about our favorites and just kind of do a little round-robin feedback. So I'll actually start this one off. My first one that I want to talk about you think would be great in a multiplayer format, but it actually just kind of never works. It's Assist. So if you're not familiar mm-hmm. with Assist... Assist isn't a mechanic to where other players can help pay for costs. So, for example, I want to say it is a white and six colorless. It's kind of like a board wipe, destroy all non-land permanents. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it has an assist where other people can kind of help pay it. Uh, This was printed in Battle Bond. And what it really tried to... The reason it was created at first was, oh, Battle Bond's (laughs) going to be this kind of draft format two-headed giant you're going to have a partner you're going to be able to kind of you know play together and strategize but i think assist was also printed for commander it's a multiplayer format like what better thing to do there the issue i actually have with assist as much as i love the effect i actually took a bunch of those assist cards from battle bond and put them into my decks yanked them all out after i saw them three or four times because what basically happens when you're in a free-for-all multiplayer format in my opinion is hey squee mcgee uh you know jason's about to destroy us i need you to keep some mana open and i need you to pay into a spell i'm gonna play and it's just like, well, what's the spell? You don't want to just announce it to the table or right. show them. Yeah. Because a lot of times when someone comes to me and they're like, hey, will you help me with this? A lot of times I want to be like, no, you can just do it. Yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. If you came to me and said, hey, do you want to leave open mana or I die? I was like, well, go ahead and die. I'm trying to win. Yeah. And there's been times where I'm like, with that as well, 
I'm like, hey, can you help me with this? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll <laughs> I guess just, I'll just, I'll, I'll just hard cast it and just yeah. play a worse version of another card. Jason, do you have any insight on that one? I think more people should play two at a giant. Personally, I love Ooh, two-headed giant. I'm not, I'm not mm. a fan. One mm. thing that we play a lot in our play group is actually two-headed giant EDH. Love it. Yeah, like, oh, we, we like played three a groups, three-way yeah. two-headed giant. We talked about it on the last newscast. It was a yep. three-way two-headed giant game. It was great. But yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right. People don't I, like I, to look like they're colluding. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you pay for someone's assist spell, it kind of you get grouped in with them. Yeah, and I don't yeah. I don't want to get attacked because it's something somebody else did. Right. Hashtag fake news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, Squee McGee, what's yeah, the, your... The uh, collusion delusion is uh, that people will pay for your... <laughs> uh, Squee, what's your first one? So for things that I didn't like, one of the biggest ones was Miracle. I love oh, Miracle. Yeah. I don't like Miracle. Really? I, I, I really don't. It, you're con- you're putting the entire good use of that card, because they're all, what, seven, eight, nine, yeah, ten... Yeah, always overcosted, yeah. So you're putting the entire contingency of that card that you're going to draw at that turn, and it's going to be useful that turn. So what if you draw it first hand, second hand, third? Like you're just you're yeah. wasting your time with Miracle. Also, I, I find a trust issue with Miracle because people have to agree Remember, that you drew it yeah. that turn, or you have to reveal it that turn. So if you draw your card, you have to reveal it. Say, oh yeah, this is a Miracle. I'm gonna play it this turn. Well, and if you don't get into that situation, the card's wasted. Well, so so guys, if you're not familiar with what the miracle is, it's basically when you draw the card, if it's a miracle, you actually have the option to cast it for a reduced cost immediately. So it's actually right not on. something that you would put into your hand and then, you know, second main phase be like, oh, by the way, I miracled this. Um, I actually really like it because I think miracle works better in EDH because we play 99 card singleton. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of you getting a terminus, which is one of my favorite miracle cards. Is very slim. You know what is that? One point oh three percent chance that it's one of the cards. Never. Um, I I really enjoy Miracle. I hate it. I think it's the just the most worthless mechanic. I. He's only saying that because he's been terminus. I yeah. I don't (laughs) know. I've tried to put it in my deck and I take it out every single time because every time I draw it, it's either early game or late game or if you draw it on the happen chance that you need to use that Miracle, it's the best day of your life. But that happens what one in a hundred. One, uh, should I say yeah. one in 99? Miracling a spell yeah. makes people play like the worst kind of EDH player, which is when they're looking around the table like, well, I drew, you know, uh, uh, destroy an artifact, so I'll destroy Jason's soul ring because I yeah. have a target for it. Oh, yeah, right. right. There's oh, no strategy fair. for it. Like anybody just, that plays a card just because they can, like that's 100% of miracles. They're like, well, mm-hmm. why not Terminus? I have to. I mean, I, it's what? six mana if I don't play it right now. I'm throwing five mana away if I don't yeah. just Terminus yeah. for no value right now it it makes people play like bad magic players when you have four terminuses and brainstorm in a 60 card deck terminus is amazing when you have one in a hundred hmm. card deck like yeah. you're just gonna play like someone who's been playing edh it's for about prayer. five minutes it's, yeah yeah it's an absolute prayer the only one that the only one that i've ever played miracle wise that i can that comes off the top of the head was the only ones that i like are there's three devastation tide because I think it's a five mana, it's a budget rift, right? Sure. And sometimes you get to cast it for good. There's times where I wouldn't do that. Um, Reforge the soul, which again is just a budget wheel. Yep. And then my favorite is temporal mastery, which oh, is yeah. a budget which I just won with with yep. my ninja deck. And actually, I did. Normally, it's in there to deal a bunch of damage, but I happened to miracle it on my third turn. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, all right, this is great. But yeah, I mean, like, there's ones that are really good and limited and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm 50-50 on it. I would say it's just less than situational. 
You yeah. have a situational card. Miracle is only situational yeah. part of the time when it's supposed to be situational. Mm-hmm. It's even worse than that. So I, I don't see a lot of value in it. I, I hate putting those cards into my deck because I know no. three out of four times I draw it, it's going to be worthless. That's fair. No. Well, uh, Big Tuck, what's your first uh, mechanic? So this one I'm kind of 50-50 on, and I don't, I'm don't. i more wondering if we're ever going to see this printed again. I was hoping we could talk about Delve for a little bit. Oh, sure. So um, Delve, for those who don't know, is that you can exile any number of cards from your graveyard as you cast a spell. It costs one less for each card exiled this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a cool mechanic, but I don't, I think the problem is, is that it's too easy to it's abuse. too good. Yeah, yeah it's like, too good. Um, and I was just looking, for example, um, if we look through Dick Through Time, <laughs> yeah. which is which six, is spiking right yeah. now. It's a pioneer. Is it, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's gone up 530%. Somebody is buying up all sorts of cards. Yeah, Dick Through yeah, Time, um, Dick Through Time is broken. Treasure Cruise is super broken. And we, I think we even saw this being um, abused in Hogak, right? Like, yeah. it, and effectively, that's what led to its banning. Um, which is a shame because I feel like this is a I feel like this is a cool mechanic. Um, I just don't know if there's because again I love like temporal trespass is like one of my favorite extra turn spells of all time, right? And again, it's really good ninjas. But um, I just don't know if there's any way that they're going to be able to come back from this and make this like a fairly make this a fair across all. Well- that's where I think playing EDH is great for us because I think Delve is fine right. in EDH. It can't, it, sure, anything can be abused if you want to, but it's not like in Modern and in Standard and in Pioneer to where Delve, I think, is just broken. Yeah, it's brutal. To, to where, I mean, you just kind of win immediately um, if you're able to kind of chain all that right. stuff together, and the I think, value. And I think if you but look in at, EDH, it's just like, Right, right. And if you look at Treasure Cruise, well, Band Modern, Band of Legacy, Band of Popper, yeah. Right, like, why would you care about Tombstalker or hooting mandrills in EDH? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, oh, I got a turn three Tombstalker, and they're like, cool, <laughs> cool right? nice eight turn clock, I guess, until I draw <laughs> right. anything. Like, I'm glad you put Jukabogged yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, to yeah, play yeah. a five five flyer. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, same thing with like Grim Agavler. Yeah. <laughs> You but know? I just think it's just a shame that like the, I think there's a more design space around this, but it's only like if they had more commander specific cards that were around this. Yeah, I think that would be kind of a cool thing. But I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't think it's gonna be something we're gonna see a lot of anytime soon. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Jason, what's your first mechanic you want to talk about? Uh, I think transmute is. Um, oh yeah. Not not a very good seventy five percent mechanic because no. <laughs> most of the time you are playing it as a second copy of another card. I yeah. think that's real boring. Um, I like a little bit of variation. I think you should have to work a little bit harder. Uh, I tend not to like tutors. I've fought with people that say tutors are Black's thing. That's all they got. Green has rampant growth. You know, Black needs something, but uh, I don't know. I, I just don't like... Because, like, in a deck, in EDH, where you're running Muddle the Mixture, how many cards that cost exactly two do you have, you know? You know, what, yeah. are you, what are you getting with Teleria West? Are you playing it as a toolbox card or are you just getting a, uh, that one that one card? Yeah, I just don't want to get Nykthos, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Teleria West might as well say pay three, get Nykthos. <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah, because um, because you're in blue, you're not in like a, in really the toolboxy colors, really. Yeah, you're just you're you're in. Tutor for combo pieces, color. And, so. and I think even to your point, my friend runs his in his relentless rats deck. Tice again, hello. Uh, <laughs> he runs. There's take a drink. There's some. Yeah, I'm out. I'm you? out. Um, there's a transmute card that's for five that I think like destroys a creature or something. He's like, I'm like, yeah. this doesn't make Brain any sense. Spoil. He's like, 
Yeah, and he's like, he's like, this is Thrumming Stone. It's Thrumming the Stone, second yeah. Coppin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would, I think I agree with that. Like again, it's like I've cast Muddle the Mixture to counter a spell, like once. I've used yeah. it to tutor Cyclonic Rift five hundred times. So <laughs> I, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the mechanic, honestly, in general, just because usually I look at like the cost is so much. Because if someone's using it as that toolbox to go tutor, I think there's just better tutors out mm-hmm. there. Uh, yeah. You know, why, like on a previous uh, Bruise and Builds, uh, I kind of went at it with Big Tuck because he had a transmute card, and I can't remember which deck it was. Uh, I don't know if it, I know it wasn't Ninjas, maybe Solvala or no, I don't know. Anyways, um, <laughs> it, it was like a three or four mana transmute effect for a zero drop or a one drop and I was just or maybe it was a two but basically insert mana cost and oh I was like, yeah well, it was how? it was model of mixtures yeah. and about, it was just yeah. like well how many options do you really have with it and it was like I got like three or four and it's like but then we talked later but and then, then we, I turned you around because there's so many good two drops but here's the thing a demonic tutor would just be cheaper and easier yeah to but a demonic do. a demonic tutor is also eighty dollars or whatever and this no, one's not. 280 it's like 20 bucks okay so this one's 280 <laughs> but once again we're not talking this isn't a finance podcast we're just talking mechanics sure. and i think transmute is just a there's better tutors out there that do the same thing but cheaper and more efficiently so if you're gonna say like oh yeah i'm just using it to go get thrumming stone for my relentless rat right, today yeah. well why wouldn't you just run demonic tutor and vampiric yeah. t- i mean and if you're trying to be that redundant demonic vampiric diabolic mm-hmm. i mean there's lots of ways that you can do it so yeah i'm not a fan of the mechanic i'm glad that it's probably not gonna come back um uh, but you know yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, my last one is actually one that I'm a huge fan of, and I wish they would print it more, is Affinity. I really, really oh, like yeah. Affinity. Mm. Affinity um, for things as Mr. That aren't Combo, artifacts, that maybe? makes sense. Well, so Affinity <laughs> in general. So here's here's the issue I have with it, Jason. So for everyone out there that's not familiar, Affinity is a mechanic that says Affinity for insert text box. This spell costs one colorless less for each insert tech box you control so like on my custom card mr combo number five god of builds i have affinity for planeswalkers so i cost one less for each planeswalker i control the issue i have with affinity and wizards is that they've really only done it with artifacts they actually do have ones that have affinity for each of the basic land types Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. just these golems and it's it's and you know they say that they don't want to reprint affinity because it's so broken and you know everyone was so shocked when Tezzeret Master of the Bridge came out and that had affinity for artifacts to cast that. Right. Why don't we look at affinity for other stuff? Affinity for think about tribal even like affinity for elves or, or yeah, affinity for, for slivers or, or hydras. Or hydras. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think this mechanic kind of like what Big Tuck was talking about earlier with his. There's so much room for growth here. I just think Wizards kind of has these horse blinders on to where it's like, well, let's do something for Affinity. What, Affinity for Artifacts? We can't do that. No, no, no. Affinity for something else. Well, Affinity is just for Artifacts. It's like, no, mm. we, you can do it for whatever you want. Well, they thought of it. You could tell because those dumb golems like yeah. prove that they thought about, well, there's more design space here. Let's use it. But yeah, like sure. Affinity for Artifacts was such a big mistake that like in the yeah. rest of the yeah. block, they're like, yeah, maybe not. So... Let's pick the most powerful cards and give them a Yeah, and the ones that are easy to produce produce tons of tokens. And, like, honestly, I'm surprised with all the Planeswalker kind of 
almost like force feeding down our throats that they haven't done in Affinity for Planeswalkers. Like that almost seems like what Urza could have potentially been instead of being this mono blue artifact, mm -hmm. you know, tanker that we didn't really need. Why not make it a five color Affinity for Planeswalkers? And it's just like value yeah. good stuff, almost kind of like the uncard that was Urza Planeswalker that was five colors. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's mine. Uh, Squee McGee, what's your last one? So the last one I had is energy. Oh, no, God. God. Such a heavy head mechanic. Everybody gasp. God damn. Gasp. I just, I, for those that don't know, energy is basically a, a different kind of mana or resource that you can use that enables counters. And you can build those counters up to activate uh, different triggered abilities of creatures for the most part. And yeah. it's, they just didn't give it any support. Well, it was broken in standard. Yeah, it, had some, it, it had some really yeah. good features to it. They had to do and like I tried emergency to run energy cards. Yeah, I tried yeah. to run some energy cards in my restack, and I just couldn't get enough support to make it work. And until they print it, I I almost think they have to print it in like two or three more blocks to make it worthwhile. For Commander, yeah. And see, and I think that's the issue. It's kind of like Delve. I don't yeah. think energy's ever coming back because no, in standard it was just broken. Yeah. If they ever wanted to bring it back, it would have, have to be in a commander-only commander set. But then they'd have to do like one of the things that they just did where it's like, here's a forgotten thing, madness, and yeah. like we're gonna make it we're gonna give you ten new cards yeah. and like a sort of new design space to play around in. Energy to me felt like Watsy ran out of ideas and they picked the third or fourth one on the list. They're they're not gonna, ever gonna learn because anytime they've printed free spells or mm. purple mana, it's been it's ruined standard, you know, right. affinity or Phyrexian mana or energy. God, Anytime yeah. they've done <laughs> right purple mana, it's really been just atrocious for standard and they're going to do it again. They're never going to learn. <laughs> well, you know what? It gives them an excuse to sell a bunch of product because uh, everyone's going to buy it because they want it. Uh, yep. It'll it'll wreck standard for about thirty to forty five days, and then it'll be banned. Yeah, and uh, everyone's at, already bought products. Look at yeah. you, Aetherwork Marvel. Well, makes you know sense. What I mean? I, or I looking remember, at you, Field of the Dead. Yeah, I remember winning a draft night off of energy. You just pick the best energy synergy. And yeah, it was real you, good. You come out of that game and you win. But in Commander, it just doesn't make sense. All right, Big Tuck, what's your last one? So this one's near and dear to my heart, and I never thought it Vigilance. would be. Oh yes, uh, let's talk. We're talking trample. Uh, <laughs> no, I want to talk about cycling. Oh, so, really? I think cycling's sweet. Um, I think it's really good on everything that it, it's printed on, ex only for cycling, right? But I feel like there's a few things where it really stands out. For example, lands. Sure. I'm a huge fan of cycling lands, right? Because you either get them turn one. You, so it's one of two things. You either get them, well, one of three things, really. You either get them early <laughs> where it doesn't matter at the end of the battlefield tapped. You get them in mid-range, and then you're kind of like have to make a, design, a decision. And then you get them late game uh, where you can just card draw, right? And I'm especially fond of the ones recently where they had both. They had two land types, oh, which sure. are just like budget shock lands, right? Yeah. Um, there's also... Some cycling things where it came to like tribes, like Gem Palm Inseminator, which is like a staple zombie card, which is really good. Yep. Um, there's a few other ones that when you cycle them, they do cool things. I wish there was more of that, where it kind of gives you more flexibility in the cards you have. Again, like if you're talking tune decks or, you know, ones where every slot's really important, these aren't as great. But I just like it. I like it for the flexibility. I like cycling cards. It gives you something to do at the end of the turn with leftover mana. Um, I think the decree cycle really shows that there's yeah. a, there's a lot of there's Design a lot of room for this there. sort of yeah. thing, right? It's a little more expensive, but again, I'm used. I like playing the commander where it's like, you know, uh, it used to be called battle cruiser. I don't know what it, I don't even know if people know what that means anymore. Where it's like I'm casting big 
big spells and like playing big creatures and doing these things. I think cycling kind of plays into that. Okay. Cycling to me always just felt like a permanent backup plan. Yeah, 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 totally. I like the fact that it's basically another mode on the card. Any any mm. modal card I think is better because it takes up more than one spot in the deck. Sure. You know, yeah. so like anything that that does multiple things for the situation, you've always got the right card in your in your hand. And what cycling did was like it, it made sure the card was never completely dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a very very good point. So, all right, well, Jason, why don't you wrap it up? Uh, what is your last mechanic? I like graft. Graft. Okay. All right. Well, why do you like graft? I'm a simic player. Um, I like okay. doing simic oh, things. Yeah. And it's a little bit tough to get 1-1 counters on your creatures sometimes. So with sure. Graft, the sequencing matters. And the way that they were doing the Simic Combine stuff, the creature shared abilities. It's like, okay, I can give you a Graft counter or not, but now everything with a 1-1 counter has this ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like that you could Graft onto their stuff and steal it with uh, Cytoplast Manipulator. Uh, I just like Graft as an ability. Um and I wish they'd done more of it and explored that design space a little bit more. They, they did Evolve instead, which I, I think is not as good. Sequencing still yeah. matters there. But, like, the creatures were just like, well, you can make your 0-1 into a 4-5 and kill them, which is, like, great for limited, but I thought yeah. Graft was much more interesting. I I'm like also... the I like Cytoplast Manipulator, and I like yeah. the Evolve one also. I have both of them in uh, all my counters decks because I love stealing their creatures, and it's a great way to do it. I'm just looking right here right now. There's only is there really only like ten cards that have graft on it? Thirteen. Thirteen. There's not a lot, but there are some lands that do similar mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah, land war creatures enter yeah. the battle. Yeah. Sorry, creatures enter the battlefield and get a plus one plus one counter. There's there's those type of effects, but I don't think they labeled it as graft. Yeah, you know, I graft. I, I think I think you're right, Jason. It's something that they hasn't been explored a whole lot. You know, they probably did just pivot over to evolve um, as, as the basically same thing. Just didn't want to call it that and made it a little worse. Uh, but graft actually dominates. We have a friend, uh, shout out Dan, that has a toothy and pure deck with some graft stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And oh man, when he starts moving those counters around, yeah. and then he has his uh, like proliferate effects, and then it's like, oh, you move the counter, and now it actually. Instead of just moving one, it's moving two, and, and yeah, hardened like scales and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, so good, and and it just shows you if they would put a little bit more energy into that graft mechanic, man, it would just make some decks that I think right now are fifty to sixty percent decks strong, mm-hmm. probably eighty to ninety percent decks. Which hey, maybe that's why they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. This would be perfect for Zuri Claw Progress. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Th- those type of mechanics would beef that guy up a ton. Yeah, that and would be good. And it seems like they they lost the salient element. You know, it's like it's like when they remade RoboCop, and they're like, "What's great about <laughs> no. RoboCop? Oh, the fact that it's like an indictment of uh, '80s capitalism culture." No, not that. It's oh, the, the fact, fact that, that RoboCop's uh, an allegory for Jesus, and he walks on water and is resurrected. No, definitely not that. I like the fact that it's a robot and a cop at the same time. He's real good at shooting stuff. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. They lost they lost the heart and soul of what it was. So when they saw Graft, they're like, oh, but people like one one counters, and they lost the fact that like creatures can share abilities. Everything that has a one one counter on it all of a sudden can tap into this ability. And that ability sharing, which was was great about Dissension era like Simic stuff. And then they're like, Oh, they just it, it's a zero one with flying, and then now it's a four or five. It's got counters on it. It mm-hmm. doesn't get any abilities. It just gets bigger. And moving the counters is a little bit boring. 
if they can move if they can share abilities too i would like to move fewer counters you know and not have the creatures grow huge but if they all had like an ability you know maybe all creatures with a 1-1 counter on them have flying so instead yeah. of just having one big creature everything's good now i i feel like they when they built evolve they kind of lost the heart and soul of it they lost what was cool about it and just they're the robocop remake now yeah yeah that's fair yeah, fair enough all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up with What's the Plane Chase? Now in this last segment, Squeeze dives into those creative juices with the Weatherlight Report. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report. Coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4, I'm Squee McGee. Today we're staying on theme with a reserved legend out of the Alliances set. With only alliances? 133 decks listed on EDH Yeah. Red. Don't sleep on this zombie lord. Introducing Lord of Tresser Horn. Oh, this card's sweet. Oh, I love this yeah, card. Yeah, this card's awesome. He's an absolute beast of a commander. Yeah. He's a 10-4 zombie legend. Jesus. Yes. For one colorless. Good buddy. That's correct. Very 10 large. Four. So for one colorless, a blue, a black, and a red, he reads. When Lord of Tressor Horde comes into play, pay two life, sacrifice two creatures, target opponent draws Jesus two cards, Christ. effects that prevent or redirect damage cannot be used to counter the loss, loss of life. For one black as well, regenerate Lord of Tressor Horde. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm basically going to pay four, I'm going to get a 10-4, and I'm going to lose two life, lose two creatures, and I'm, one of my opponents is going to draw two cards. I'm a uh, so head out. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Or so you think. So, uh... Wow us! Wow us! Wow! Me. You gotta wow, wow. Us. Uh, How are you gonna make this work? This is gonna be a zombie sub-theme deck. Uh, I, I did also make a deal to not discuss any infect cards, so I will not be talking okay. about those. They will certainly be in this deck. It will make a lot of sense, <laughs> but I don't want to bring them up today. So, the first card I wanted to talk about is Torpor Orb. Torpor Orb is a two-cost artifact. It reads, creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. So, yeah, that's no, good. That seems pretty good in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get no negative effects of your, your lord coming onto the battlefield, and you also get a 10-4 that's swinging for command damage. Pretty spicy, if you ask me. Yeah, and again, like we, uh, we've talked about before, this has a lot of utility. There's a lot of decks that where creatures entering the battlefield is how it works. Looking at you, Perforos. <laughs> so um, I think this also, if you, as long as this doesn't handicap this deck with other creatures entering the battlefield, yeah, I think I think this does everything that you want it to. Yeah, and pretty much all the negatives I just talked about with paying two lives, sacrificing creatures, target opponent yeah. draws two cards. You don't do any of that. Yeah, exactly. You don't so, have to worry about any of it. Um, you know, it's something that I think probably goes in a lot of different decks. Uh, I mean, Jason, what are your kind of thoughts? Is Torpor Orb almost like a staple for the most part? Uh, I wish more people played Torpor. Um, you know, uh, I think it, it it shuts down a lot of stuff. It, 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 especially if you're using it proactively as as opposed to reactively only. Um, mm, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it does double duty in a deck like this. I think uh, it's just fine. Just run as like a, a hate card to shut down blink decks and uh, you know, <laughs> Maelstrom Wander and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's a real nasty oh, card. God. And yeah. for a while, this was only like. 50 cents to a dollar um back when i was on puka mm -hmm. trade that was the only card on my want list <laughs> yeah and it's really not <laughs> yeah, even that expensive now it's five what, bucks, five, yeah. five, five, five five's pretty like reasonable that, yeah, so. I, I i'm glad i quintupled yeah. up on it but like it's it's still fairly yeah as good as it is it's, <laughs> yeah it's, and, it's not you're running out and spending 20 bucks on a card it's uh yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's definitely not something to where you're just like, oh, I'm going to go buy like 10 copies. Right, of yeah, well, I need this. But yeah. as you're building decks and you're 
creating your buy list, putting a $5 card on there, it's not going to be like, well, that's too much. Uh, It'll be something like, hey, if this actually kind of makes the deck work. Plus, I think, like you said, Jason, if you're not just doing this as reactive, it's also proactive. I think it gives this deck flexibility to put a lot of those cards that have major drawbacks from ETBs if Mm -hmm. you don't do certain effects. Like the the one I'm trying to think of, she's a legendary. If you didn't cast her from your hand, you lose the game. Oh, Fage the Untouchable. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Hey, if you're going to have Torpor Orb, in the deck and some other things similar to that have more cards that have those yeah, big that negative drawbacks it, sure. because oh buddy you get phage out there uh you're just one-shotting yeah. people yeah so. totally yeah right. absolutely i love the control aspect of it. it's universal and it helps you out with your commander so the next card i wanted to bring up is a counter spell and normally i would poo poo countering my own things but it's called stifle Stifle yeah. is oh, yeah. an we're, instant we're yep. familiar. <laughs> for for one blue. It reads counter target activated or triggered ability. So the idea here is right as you play your commander, you stifle your own commander. He comes into the battlefield, has no negative effects, and then you have a ten four dealing command damage with. Regenerate. Ready to kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to kick some ass, sea bass. Uh, no, it stifles really good. I mean, personally, I wouldn't. If I put it in the deck, it's not to counter my commander's negative ability. Mm -hmm. It's actually to use it against my opponent's like normal counter spells. But then push comes to shove if I need to do it. Mm Because it's like I can win the game now. Maybe anger's in the graveyard. Someone's open. And I just need to do 10. I say just 10 command damage. But do 10 command (laughs) damage. A small amount of command damage. Just just getting it in. Uh, You know, I think that would be some of those situations. But, you know, like one thing that Jason's kind of you know talked with us about and things that we've talked about on previous bruise and builds and action for news is having cards that have more than just one effect or like yeah. use is very very versatile and great sure. in commander because you are playing single 1099 right and yeah. you don't want like a terminate which is just destroy target creature and it's like well what what are you gonna use it for destroy target creature sure. gonna do anything else no, no. so <laughs> yeah that's my thought yeah, I I absolutely love it. I think that late game is great if you draw it. Early game is great if you can get your commander out with it. I don't see any drawbacks to it. So <coughs> the the third card that I wanted to bring up, coming in at a hot twenty eight cents, is Aqueous Form. Oof. Yeah, it's a blue Oof. enchantment and also- aura. It costs one blue. It reads enchant creature. Enchant creature can't be blocked. Whenever enchant creature attacks, scry one. Yeah, no, it does everything that you want in this deck. Uh, also does everything you want in ninjas. So <laughs> just saying that, uh, yeah, I think this is something that you can use really at any point in the game, right? You can get in early, and then you can then circle around and, and get in some damage then. You can mm-hmm. use this to push in the last amount of damage. Scrying helps, helps smooth out your draws. Everything there is just really great. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think any type of deck that has blue and it wants to beat face mm-hmm. you probably want this in there yes uh you know a maelstrom wanderer deck and right. ninja mm-hmm. deck uh i mean heck i mean i would even consider putting this in potentially my geese and Geralt deck yeah, where sure. i'm not necessarily going super wide with the zombies but i'm you making really big tall ones, ones. Yeah. yeah uh jason what are your thoughts on that i mean is that like a good fit for this or is there maybe something even better well, uh, I think a lot of people tend to run cards like Prowler's Helm and Key to the City and, and stuff like that that uh, mm-hmm. you know just make the creature unblockable. But like uh, this is a really cheap way to do it. Um, you know, ores are good too. Um, and if you're not running a ton of other creatures in the deck, you know, paying the the cost and the equip cost um, 
you mm-hmm. know, uh, it's not great. Equipment's good because it can go on anything, but if anything is just your commander, then uh, you can <laughs> sure. save some mana just by uh, jamming an aura. Not that I don't love Key to the City in this deck, you know, drawing you some extra cards. Yeah. Oh, I sure. love... Oh, you don't need to convince us like Key to the City. <laughs> card rules! Cool. Well, uh, Sweet, what's that uh, next card? So the, the last card I wanted to bring up, and it plays in with Aquas form as well, is Blood Mist. Okay. So, oh, Blood yeah. Mist is a red enchantment for three colorless and a red. It reads, at the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So, if you have that with Aquas form, and as a Voltron deck with a zombie sub-theme, you're going to have other things that are beefing up your commander. Uh, that's a one-shot. One, that's a, that's a one-shot. Uh... You're, you're going to be killing people pretty damn quick, and you're also going to be hated out pretty damn quick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to bring up around this is, is using Graveyard Recursion, because it's going to be very beneficial with Black in the deck to bring back the Lord from the graveyard versus having to pay the extra two each time he goes back to the command zone. Sure. Maybe you can send it to your hand, whatever the case may be. But the idea there is get your commander out, get him unblockable, Dumb people to the head. Yeah, easy yeah. enough. <laughs> no, I, I think that's freaking fantastic. Um, actually, I had that in my chaos deck that I dismantled uh, oh. because I wanted, you know, the uh, was it double... too cheap? I know at fifteen cents. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't it's, quite really, fit. it's really bust, it's really busting the bank for um, it. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I, I just like the double, it, like the double command damage with Idris because mm-hmm. you're trying to beat face. But obviously, if you got a 10-4 commander, you probably want to beat some face here too. Yes, um, one card I want to point out that I think is a slam dunk in this deck. I didn't know it existed. It's only a dollar seventy nine, and I think I'm actually gonna buy a few copies. In the budget, uh, oh. glistening oil. Oh yes, double I black. Saw that. Yeah, I almost really picked good. that for this. Double black for this enchantment aura, enchant creature, enchanted creature has infect. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a neg one neg one counter on, on enchanted yeah. creature, and then when glistening oil is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you get to put it back into your hand. That's so yeah. stupid it's real good especially it's when you, especially good. with blood mist that's yeah. you're going to be able to do headshots every turn when you get it and i think i, I have a, i think i have a spare one of these lying around <laughs> in case anyone needs it so I, I will say that for sure is going in the deck that was on my list of things that didn't make the cut of four but it absolutely will be in this deck yeah, that that's super good. Um, you know, Jason glistening while I'm on EDH rec right now, and it's kind of talking about like top commanders. And I think some of these are kind of interesting. I mean, granted, it's not in the, you know that many decks, uh, but like you know, obviously, like it, number one deck is like Habatra. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I get that. Scorpion God, you know, completely makes sense. But then it's like Nekazar. Well, because Nekazar deals da- command damage, I guess. No, he deals normal damage. So when Nekazar one draws, sorry, I meant infect damage. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. So that's one build of Nekazar that you you put in like crafted exoskeleton and this, and then Foresius. But after two, I don't know. I just feel like. But if you could, if you can do like so, you the the way I know it's like you put it on him, and then you do like prosperity for eight. Oh, and then okay. everyone draws eight cards. They're already down to. Eight infect damage. Sure. And if everyone's tapped out, then it's just like boom, 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 boom oh, game yeah. over. Yeah. Infect is a huge sub theme with this deck. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk about it because yeah. it's over talked about. There's only a few yeah. cards, but infect on this commander is pretty gross. Yeah, corrupted conscience is a card that kind of does double duty too. You can throw it on Nekasar to mm-hmm. to dome everybody with uh, Teferi's puzzle box or something like that. But 
you can also just yep. steal their dude and beat him with it. So, <laughs> I, we all, I, after the last episode, we know how much you like that one. So Absolutely. I do. I might. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that I'll is put, a put good that one. in there. Taking a couple notes off the old. Yeah, page. let me write a couple down there. You know, it's funny. The uh, the highest, if you sort by percentage, that includes uh, glistening oil. Uh, the deck that doesn't have the most copies but does have the highest percentages, uh, over half of the Ramsey's Overdark decks are running it because Ramsey's Overdark, you tap it, destroy a creature yep. with an enchantment playing on it, you just get the glistening oil back. It's got that rancor ability. To It goes right back in your hand, so you uh, turn your commander into a machine gun. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. That is super cool. Well, that's all I had on this deck, and I did want to let everybody out there playing the home game know. Uh, I do this segment 100% off EDH rec. I honestly do. I go nice. and I look at any commander that's under 200 decks that are total built. I try to find something that's rare, something that's weird, something that may have a, a negative effect that you can turn around. And then I go through and I yeah, use EDH rec to, to find synergy cards, find cards that may or not may be the best fit in all decks, but that fit well in my decks. Um, so I, after that, I wanted to kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Sweet. Thanks for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower himself by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, and sharing. Without your support, we would probably still exist, but we would be a crochet podcast. <laughs> uh, you can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower at Mr. Combo number five, all spelled out except for the five. And maybe in the future, Jason can help Big Tuck actually get on Twitter. Hashtag oh. Big Tuck on Twitter. Jason, where can your listeners find you at? Well, if you head all over to the Twitter, you can check me out. I am Jason E. Alt on there. And if you go to the top of my profile, I have a pinned tweet. That is a link to all the projects I do during the week. I write uh, a weekly column at cool stuff inc and mtgprice.com uh i'm on a podcast called brainstorm brewery and another podcast uh called director's cut on the they said we said youtube channel and i'm the content manager on edh rec so if you like going to edh rec and checking out the articles and the podcast on there uh that's my job nice and if you wanted to reach our awesome production team, you can reach them at Deer Squee. Also, they will be putting out weekly articles around Winter Orb or not to Winter Orb. Highly relevant. Which will be definitely about how certain stacks, cards, or negotiation tactics can A, affect the game, B, affect the people around you, and C, affect you when you actually leave the table. Also, Squee McGee will be putting out a weekly column called Dear Squee, where you can submit your questions at hashtag Dear Squee uh, around anything magic related or non magic related, and he'll kind of give you a Dear Abby response. Give me your best shot. <laughs> so, from your MTG Action 4 news team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. 